Welcome to One Sick B. I am your host, One Sick B. The definition of One Sick B is a strong individual that faces unimaginable, undeniable, courageous battles that life throws at us without warning, but we refuse to carry the spirit of brokenness. Remember here at One Sick B, we don't cry, we thrive, and we don't whine, we whine. Today, I'm blessed with a guest who is an MS warrior, has been. Her name is Miss Tia. She is also an MS Society advocate, and she also is an owner of her own business. So I would like to say welcome, Miss Tia, and thank you for allowing me to interview you on One Sick B Podcast. Thank you so much, Wendy. I'm very happy to be here uh, and be a part of One Sick B. I think that the work that you're doing is really great, and it's great to have a positive voice, you know, that advocates for our everyday struggles, but Yes. So let's get started. But I always want to start by saying due to COVID-19, I call it negative COVID-19. I mean, there's been some positive things out of COVID-19. I created this right at the beginning of COVID-19 in my life. And then now one year in, this is where I'm at and had created this. So I want to ask you, how has COVID-19 been and what are your thoughts and what have been as some of the things that you've been facing or thinking of or handling or pushed you back? Or how do you feel? Because we already face these unmanageable, I mean, unimaginable, undeniable, courageous battles. So how has it been for you? That's right. Um, I think that it's it's been a struggle. And I think that for a lot of people, it's been a struggle just because you feel like you said, we're already kind of faced with some of the struggles day to day and moment to moment sometimes for, you know, some of us and a lot of us, the majority of us. So I think one of the things that was really hard was having that disconnect from my extended support system. And it kind of gave you like this feeling of being lonely. I think that's probably the best way to put it, that uh, it was a very lonely time. You know, it's been very lonely and it still is. It's better, yeah. but you know, it's still is yeah. extremely lonely. For people who are healthy, it's great because they're just right back at it where I'm a little bit timid. And I remember going to a bowling alley with my kids this weekend. I thought they were going to have barriers up or every other lane. And he was like, oh, you only have to wear a mask up here, but down there you don't have to. And I'm like, and I seen like 30, 40 people with no mask. I was like, I'm going to need a refund because I'm not going to be doing it. I have an autoimmune. And the fact that they don't have to wear a mask, it makes me nervous. And the fact that the lanes are not every other lane, that made me nervous too. So yeah, I think that that is something that a lot of us have faced. Like you find yourself being much more cautious and careful about what you choose to do and what you choose to expose yourself to. Um, And even like if you live in the house with other people, you're kind of, you know, scared about, okay, where did you go? What did you do? Who did you come into contact with? You know, did you manage, you know, did you practice social distancing? And and when you get home, spray yourself with some Lysol. Please know I'm joking about that. But <laughs> I mean, but that's I mean, that's that's what we've all kind of been battling this last year. So I understand that because I have older teenagers that are getting ready to hit that 20 mark. And so they have a social life and it's different from them. They masked up and they're less a little bit fearless. And I'm sitting there like, wait a minute, where have you been before you come into my house? Because, you know, I can't be sick, right? So I'm going to need you. How long were you? Okay. You can't come over here for about 14 days. My son was so sweet. He was like, but Ma, I took a COVID test and everything so I can come to Christmas. I was like, now you can come. Just because. Yeah, exactly. 
I'm just yeah, looking at my Yeah. It was a very, um, it's been a very scary time. And I think that it just kind of caught us all by surprise in a sense. And I think we weren't expecting the gravity and magnitude of the pandemic and how it's impacted everyone globally, you know, and people of all ages, especially young people, it's been very hard for them. And I think about young people that are living with disability or just like you said, day-to-day challenges. And you have to wonder because they need that connection with other people, their their peers and other people, you know, that they have their little nucleus that they interact in real life with. So it's a challenge and it's been challenging. And so I try to keep that in mind, even when I'm dealing with my own children. I've also prayed for those kids who are at home with those parents who are abusive, whether it's mentally, physically, or sexual, because school is their only outlet. And for them not to be able to have that eight, 12 hours of that, and then for parents who don't know how to handle job loss and they are a little bit more meaner or harsher on a kid because of their battle. I pray for those kids too. So before I dig into how great she is and the fact that she has a cookie company, we all love cookies. If you don't, probably just, just me because everybody loves cookies. And uh, she also is the MS, works with the MS advocacy. So I, but I want to start with this diagnosis of being certified. I say one sick B, I will certify you at the end as one sick B, but you are the definition of one sick B. And I came along to you just growing my podcast. I come along individuals and I see them. I see that they're thriving. I see, but the post that she gives, gives off a positive energy. It might not be something that pops for people have to have like this sparkle, this da 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 da, but the words gives a refreshing sense of security and that a hey so and so this person might understand me but i felt that way and i wanted to reach out to her because i had seen something i can't remember what post it was but it wanted i it caused me to seek you out and to ask like what things of ms are important to you and you broke those things down to me and i thought those were really helpful but let's start tell me when you were diagnosed and if you don't mind getting into i'll let you speak uh the symptoms and how it became about and then you can flow off into how this beautiful company and we'll just further i'll let you speak and then i might interrupt just to ask some questions for some details i don't want to over talk you because i feel like with my first five podcasts, I'll be so nervous and I'll just keep on talking or I'll forget something. And I'll just be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the nerve with the MS and I'm new to this. So I'm gonna let you start off. And I thank you. appreciate you for having patience with me. No, thank, and thank you again for kind of getting through my own nerves. This is the first time I've actually done a podcast. So it's, it's a new experience. Oh, well, thank you for being, yeah. letting me be an honor to be an interview for me and for your first time too. I wanted to certify you and salute you for who you are and what you do for the community and what you do for yourself. So go ahead. So I was diagnosed with relapsing remitting MS in 2015, but I never fully remitted. And I've had MS for almost, well, a little over five years. And I've never fully remitted. Um, I probably had MS a little bit longer than I realized. I think that a lot of times we, when we get busy with life and just the day-to-day task of, you know, parenting or a career or, you know, being the partner in a relationship, it just kind of takes its toll. And uh, you just kind of write things off that you know that you probably should, you know, investigate 
it or kind of, you know, yes, I'm, you know, and I remember mentioning to my primary care doctor that I'm just so tired when I had gone in the prior year uh, because I had fallen and I had broken my toe and uh, I tripped and it was just like, it's just because I'm so tired. I'm so busy. I'm always on the go, um, you know, with work and kids and it just, my kids were juniors and seniors, high school and college freshmen. But if so, they were kind of wrapping up high school, getting into college. And as a result, you know, you just kind of, it's like, I just have too much on my plate and you put things off. But um, it just kind of came to a fever pitch. Um, I was at work and it had been a very long week uh, because I do, did at that point a lot of driving, um, you know, traveling. And so I was driving, I was in the state of Florida and I was about maybe an hour from home uh, from where I lived. At that time, I was living in Mobile, Alabama. And as a result, you know, you get on that highway and you just kind of think, I'm just tired. I just maybe need a, but I was really experiencing vertigo, which is something that I had never really experienced before. And that was probably the telltale that kind of alerted me that something was going on. So from there, I think that I just was really vigilant about, I had gone to the emergency room and I remember the doctors, you know, a lot of times they kind of dismiss. So if you know that something's going on with you right now, that's one of the biggest things that I always tell people. If you know that, you know, you feel in your gut that this is outside of what feels normal for you, then you should definitely follow up and you need to, that's right, advocate for yourself. And, you know, if you don't, if you don't get the result that you're happy with or that you feel comfortable with, keep advocating for yourself. You know, it's okay to say, you know, this doctor, as much as I may like them or have used them, you know, have been their patient for such a long time. It's okay to say, maybe I need to switch and it's time to switch. That's one of the biggest things that I always tell people is, you know, it's okay to say, this is not a good fit. We're not a good match. And it's just like any relationship that you have in your life, your health, you know, that's a good way to approach your health. Speaking about um, relationships, I know you spoke on definitely you need to have a relationship, a thorough relationship and feel comfortable with your doctor. I always encourage people if you're not comfortable and always I was one of those people that we went and we got more than one diagnosis. We didn't go just with the first one. We did go with the second one. But I mean, my first doctor, he had it together, but we went with got a second one checked. And, you know, you go and you try to see what other things are offered. And I had just got diagnosed. It was new. I was at that time. Since I'm a 20-year warrior, there were only Avanax, Betaseron, and Copaxin. Those were the main drugs. And a little bit of IVIG. And they weren't even actually incorrect. IVIG wasn't even being used for MS at that time. So it was Avanax, Betaseron, and Copaxin. It was new, but not new. They didn't really know. They didn't have as many drugs as they have on the market now. You spoke about relationships, like I said. My question to you is... With this autoimmune disease, we are surrounded by people, place, and things. And did things or people, even relationships around you change? Some adjust beautifully and some you have to stagnate away from to keep your sense of peace or to know where you're at? Did you have understanding? If you can shed a little light into maybe your relationship with your friends, maybe your relationship, if you don't mind, like with your spouse, uh, with my spouse, he had to learn what MS was about and with the kids, how you maybe if you did or you didn't tell them. I remember telling my kids in high school, I sat them down and let them read WebMD and said, do any of these sound familiar? They're like, yeah, you have this, you have this, you have that. So if you can mind, if you don't mind, I'm sorry if I over talk, go ahead and- No, absolutely not. Yes, sure. Um, So one of the things that I think that it's been, um, it's been a journey 
uh, that's for sure. And it certainly does change relationships with people. And I think that I was fortunate overall um, to have a group, my little nucleus, uh, that I think I was the one that changed because I changed how I had to rethink how I do things and how I live and, you know, things that I should prioritize and things that I should just say, well, you know, it's just not that important. So I'm going to just let it go. But, yeah. um, I, you know, I have a few relationships where it's just people don't really get it or understand. And, you know, those are the people that you kind of, it's okay that they don't get it or understand. It's not their fault. I think before I had MS, I didn't, I really didn't know much about MS at all. I really thought it was a strictly, you know, oh, it's a neurological disease um, rather than an autoimmune disease. So I think I I had to do a lot of self-education and you know, in in that process, I think that for my children, I was open and upfront uh, from the beginning because they were older at that time. Right. And, but I do remember that it, they were sad. And so my husband and I tried to think of something fun that we could do. And since my oldest son was actually a freshman in college and my youngest was a senior in high school, we decided to call them on a middle it was like a thursday night uh, during the school week it was october and we said you know what uh kendrick lamar is going to be in new orleans this weekend i mean this thursday we're going to get you some tickets and we let them go we drove them my husband drove and we dropped them off and he and i went to a restaurant and had dinner um until after the concert and then we went back and kind of you know get their mind out of it yeah yeah it was just something you know, nice. that felt like Refreshing. they needed a distraction because it, I think that it kind of hit us all by surprise. It was just yeah. like, and I, I, at that point, because I had gotten diagnosed just like the week prior, I think that we were still trying to wrap our heads around it ourselves, you know, but I felt like, you know, okay, no, we're not going to do this. We're not going to just sit here and be sad. We're going to realize that we're going to keep trucking. You know, originally I thought playing WebMD myself, which you should never do. But we all do it <laughs> anyway. And mm -hmm. I thought that um, I was like, well, I narrowed it down to two things. I either have a brain tumor or I have multiple sclerosis. And that that's when it first came on my radar. But I was very fortunate to have a very good primary care doctor who sent me for every test known to man because he, I think that MS was not on his radar. Oh, he thought it was an inner ear issue. Mm -hmm. uh, he thought it was, you know, maybe yeah. a heart issue. And, you know, I was having migraines, right, you know, which I had never really had, but had a family history. So he thought, yeah, that's what it is. It's migraines. So we went, we ran the gamut, but he was very systematic. It was like, okay, so what we're going to do is you're going to go and you're going to see all these people and we're going to just rule everything out at one time so we can come up, you know, try to come up with an answer. And um, he was very good about it. And he, the very last doctor that I got a referral to was actually made by the ENT mm -hmm. because I was just, you know, he was a kind of like a distant family friend, you know, and so I was talking to him and I said, you know, I said, because this is just so weird that my vision, I have 20-20 vision, but it's weird because I have like double vision because he had cleared all the inner ear stuff and I had done all these tests and he looked at me, he stopped and he looked at me, he said, wait, run that by me again. I said, well, you know, I said, the vertigo, the 
you know, saying that it's possibly the migraines, blah, blah, blah. I said, but I have double vision, you know, like if I'm looking at you on the right, I like, it's your double out of my right eye and in my peripheral. And so that set off like all kinds of alarms for him. And he said, you know, I'm going to send you today to go see a good friend, a neurologist. And he was really good. And, you know, he's, he was in Mobile. He was my first neurologist before I moved. And I've been very fortunate to get two very good neurologist. So I'm very excited and happy about that because they communicate and um, they're really good about communicating with me, which is important to me. But uh, so it was actually the ENT that kind of, you know, had MS on his radar too. And that's how we got here. Oh, I definitely understand. Uh, I had, um, I had some other stuff going on outside of the, my lost my right side and the optic neuritis and the eye doctor was the one who referred me to the neurologist. He said I had seen something. So I understand what you're saying by being one seeing one doctor and what that doctor had that under his radar or familiar with it to pass you by. So this battle is ongoing, thriving situation. We thought we thrived through. What has this taught you about yourself? Uh, positive or what, what has it taught you about? What have you said to self, Tia, this has taught me or, and also what have, what, I know people are like, what do you mean? What good came out of this? You know, I remember asking somebody and she was like, what do you mean? What good came out of this? And nothing I'm good out of this. I got this. I had to quit the job. But if you look over it, I have a blessing jar actually. And I was going to put, uh, I, I'm, you're going to tell me what blessing or what has positive has came out of it. And I write it down and I put it in a blessing jar just to, to God, I'm, I feel blessed to be able to do interviews with people. And I feel like everybody can tell you their blessing and you might forget sometimes about your own blessings. And I have a belief that if I open up this jar on a bad day, I'll be able to open up the blessings that the people I interview people. and yeah. encourage me. I love that. I really do. I really love that. Um, I might have to steal that little that Go ahead. and talk to when I'm Go talking ahead. to people kind of get that. I really do like that. But one of the things that I, I have a type A personality by design and, you know, as much as I've always tried to keep it in check because it's not always my best self, you know, but um, I think that the need for control was really a big thing for me. The need to be and right, and so in my family, my role was sort of like the fixer. You know, if anybody had a problem, if if there's something that needed to be done, I was on it. And you know, I had lots of energy, and you know, would just early to bed, early to rise, but I would get it done. I would get it all done. And I slept at that time, so it was <laughs> another thing that allowed me to do it. But I find that that has been the biggest struggle for me, and. I think that I find that to me is a blessing that because it forces me, MS has forced me to reevaluate what's important and reprioritize the things that are important to me on a personal level. I have to remind myself of that probably more frequently than I like to admit. And I think that it's made me as a result, it's, it's, it's humbled me, that's for sure. But it's also made me very, try to stay in focus in the moment, be cognizant of what's going on and not be so caught up in what's next. You know, what's the next task? What's the next thing I have to do? Uh, my next commitment, whatever. I live in the moment. I think that that is the biggest blessing for me. That, and I'm okay with that. I'm, I have really learned to be better about that. So I love that living in the moment because I believe that we forget about or during while we're in the moment, we, I have something like when I'm 
go to concerts, I remind myself that to just sit there and take it in because I remember going to a concert and sitting up there and recording the concert and trying to zoom in and, oh, let me get the perfect shot of this and let me have the memory of that. But I missed out so much because I was trying to seek the perfect this, the perfect view that maybe 20, 30 minutes of the concert, I really didn't get to, because I'm too busy trying to, oh yeah, you know, so... I started the next concert was like, you know what? I'm going to put my phone aside. And even though my memory sucks, I'm like, I'm going to do a couple seconds of this audio so I can remember it. And then I'm going to sit there and just enjoy it. Right. So I think the living in the moment is great advice. Now let's talk about, she's not only a one sick B because of MS. The reason why I certified her and saluted her as one sick B because she's working with the National Multiple Sclerosis Society and she has a business, a company. So can you please dig into first, tell me about your personal, your, your business, your company. I'm sorry, I'm not saying articulate it well. And then dig into this advocacy that you have for the Multiple Sclerosis Society. Okay, so on uh, my company, just sort of came about because okay. I think that we, a lot of times have to redefine ourselves and say, find something that brings us joy and happiness. And I've always liked to uh, bake. I've always done it for my friends and family, um, just out of love but you know the, like, right well i mean i think that's what that's kind of how it grew into a concept and and became the creole cookie company okay. um, we are just starting up as far as doing you know deliveries and taking online orders so we haven't quite gotten there yet but i will be kind of updating that information soon and i definitely will update my listeners when she updates it because if you're like me i call myself fat not as in size wise as fat because everything i see i want to eat so definitely update me and let me know so i can put that on my uh, podcast platform too so people can start calling and ordering cookies from a black owned business and a one sick bee warrior now Let's tell me about this advocacy and what you're learning and what the information you're learning and how it can help us as multiple sclerosis warriors or anybody who has autoimmune disease just seeking information. So um, I think that I got into the advocacy originally because I felt, you know, just like I wasn't, I was, there wasn't much awareness on my part when I was first diagnosed with MS or, or first um, exhibiting symptoms. I felt like, you know what, there are a lot of people that really don't, that aren't aware of, of MS. So I wanted to advocate for all of us, for, you know, all of us MS warriors and all of us one cities that are out there that have MS. But I also wanted to make sure that outside of you know advocating to, to raise awareness that people also with ms and other with i'm sorry with our with our particular disease i'll get into the other in a minute but with ms they had the information that they needed they had someone that would advocate for them if they needed an advocate someone they could turn to and also be a voice you know with our legislators on state and local levels as well as the federal and you know, the national level, um, just be a voice for the things that are important, you know, that we really need to focus on with funding, with research, with like this last year, telehealth has been a tremendous savior for people that are living with autoimmune diseases, yes. conditions that put them at risk during the pandemic. Yes. Um, so I think that is really something that, you know, I, I recognize that there still is a need to go in and have things done in the office. And you do have to have that face-to-face, -face, you know, 
occasionally. But if, you know, maybe every other visit, people could use telehealth and had access to it. You know, there are portions of the country that still, I was at a meeting recently with a woman from uh, Mississippi, and she said that they didn't have their internet connections were really kind of spotty and, you know, she'd have to drive into town to use the internet and have any type of decent service. And I, it was kind of heartbreaking when you think about living with a disability and you don't have that access to internet and you don't have that access. So um, that was one of the things that we kind of looked at in her area and to find out, you know, what could we do to kind of make it better? You know, could we get her a hotspot? Could we get, you know, is there something that we could do to try to make it easier for her living with a a chronic condition that sometimes emergencies happen yes you know you're not feeling well so yes that's beautiful um what changes how long have you been a part of it the ms society fc again so the district advocacy leader uh i got involved in that last year actually in 2020 the pandemic but as far as advocating for ms probably since 2016. Um, I've also been involved with Walk MS. I'm doing it again this year. So I've been, okay. I'm, you know, I'm, I was trying to do my five miles and I'm getting there. I'm at four. And I think I posted something like that this morning. <laughs> you know, it was a I struggle. have a scooter ready for the so, walk. That's right. Well, hey. There's no right. way. That's I literally, I have a scooter, like I'm, I'm willing to do it. I'm just making sure my battery's charged because. Yeah, and I think that's awesome because I think it's showing up as what kind it's, of, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's, I mean, it's realistic. Like Okay, well, let me get this scooter right here. Or yeah. actually my, my, I call it my Cadillac. My Cadillac is a walker that has a chair on it. So when I get tired, if you want to push me, I guess, and I, I won't even do that to you. I'm just going to charge <laughs> I'm just gonna charge the scooter. My next question to you, because um, you have been blessing me with this amount of time so far, is what advice if you could give an MS warrior, not even necessarily multiple sclerosis, because multiple sclerosis is the topic for the day, but um my platform is to embody and vision and to invoke conversation between kings and queens thriving with multiple sclerosis and other autoimmune diseases. So what advice would you give to my one sick B warriors if you could give them anything or a token of something that you picked up? It might be small. It might not be something that is so flashing, but it could be so small and profound that it steals their hearts. Well, I think that one of the things that I would say, I think that, you know, it's okay to say that you're not okay. I think let yourself off the hook and self-care. Always make sure that you're putting in the time that you need for rest, putting in the time that you need to do the things that make you your best self. I think that that is probably one of the biggest things, lessons that I've learned um, with my journey is, you know, I I do, I I take the time out when I need it. You know, I unplug, I, you know, put the phone down or the internet or whatever I have to do to allow me to rest. And, you know, I had a joke not too long ago about Netflix and chill. And I had no idea what that meant. In the, I call it one sick B and chill, to be honest. <laughs> right. I even have a little light in front of, of, of there. That reminds me. That's right. That's right. But it means something totally different to, you know, some other people, younger people, mostly like my sons. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I know what it means. You know, but um, mm-hmm. I think that that's probably one of, you know, self-care is so important. So take care of yourself. 
even if you don't have a mess, you know, take that time out to take care of yourselves. And, and if, you know, be a good friend too, in the sense that sometimes being a good friend means giving space, but sometimes being a good friend means, hey, being right there. And in return, you end up having some really good friendships that you can lean on when you need them. So. Yes. Well, Tia, I would like to thank you for being a part of One Sick B. And as one, so I call myself certified One Sick B, but as being a part of One Sick B, I would like to certify you as One Sick B. The definition of One Sick B is a strong individual that faces unimaginable, undeniable, courageous battles. Ooh, we, that life throws at you without warning, but you, you are One Sick B. So I'd like to thank you, and I would like to thank my followers for listening to One Sick B Podcast. And everybody have a blessed day. You too, thank you. Uh, pretending to be okay, fighting in every way. Everybody see you hurting, don't nobody feel your pain. You feel like you might not make it to go see another day. Just keep fighting anyway. I got power to make change. If you're in this predicament and you're listening, God gives his hardest missions to the one he know is fit for it. No matter about the reason and no matter about the innocent, just know that you'll be great and you'll keep fighting till you finish this. And you ain't never finished.